Welcome to the Lock In Podcast. This is episode 27 for Wednesday, 14th of October 2020. My name's Conan Winichon. I work for Black Knight and I'm recording this uh, short little introduction just uh, by way of explanation because this is an episode which is slightly out of sequence. Uh, I recorded it originally about three weeks ago and then I was out for a while and uh, it missed its publishing slot. It's still mostly valid, however. Uh, it's an interview with Conor O'Neill, who's Chief Product Officer with a company called New Form based in County Waterford. They're the company who have developed the COVID tracking app, which has been used here in Ireland. And it's also an open sourced project, uh, which is uh, leading to apps being developed and deployed by health authorities in other parts of the world as well. Uh, American states coming online with it now. Connor mentions too, I think since this interview was recorded, New York and New Jersey have been added to the list. That's it. Have a listen. Enjoy the show. And remember, you can find out more at thelockin.ie. This is the show about how we live now. It's about the COVID crisis. It's about coronavirus. It's about uh, dusting ourselves off and getting on with it as best we can in as far as we can at the very least. And uh, one of the points we've made since we started this is that technology can help. Online shopping can help click and collect, things like that. And uh, one of the things uh, which is uh, one of the tools in our arsenal at the moment is the HSE's COVID Tracker app. I want to uh, welcome Connor O'Neill to the show. Connor works for Nearform. What's your title there, Connor? Oh, officially I'm Chief Product Officer, yeah, just a product guy. You can call Excellent. Me. Excellent. So, uh, the COVID tractor, tracker, I should say, is your product. You guys developed it for the HSE and uh, using the, the Apple and Google uh, API functionality for um, exposure um, notifications, uh, which they made available as well. That uh, has been, it was, were you guys one of the first um, to, to launch an app using that? We were one of the first to get started on it, but like a lot of people, we took the kind of earlier approaches with the HSE. Um, So we weren't the very first to launch, but Mm. one of the first, yeah, for sure. Well, can I say on behalf of uh, a person that's using it, it's on my phone. Thanks for the app. It's nice to know. I know it's not uh, the silver bullet that protects us uh, entirely and 100% from COVID. Uh, and it's not designed or it, it, it couldn't possibly be that. But it is one of the tools, as I said, that, that uh, is supposed to help protect us, along with washing our hands, social distancing and general cop on and common sense as well. Uh, but it's crossed my mind, Connor. I, I'm relieved and I'm uh, reassured to know it's there on my phone uh, but I haven't got any exposure notifications I haven't been told that I've been exposed and I've just been wondering there isn't a great big go to end inside in the middle of that code or anything like that is there it's uh, it does it does actually do something does it yeah, it's 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 actually an interesting one. I've I've just even personally thought about this a lot. Mm. So um, you know, the HSC worked with our professional services team and Colm Hart and the guys just did, did an incredible job uh, kind of building the app for them and iterating uh, with them. Uh, I think recently on a uh, on a call with Gar in in the HSC, he was saying effectively we built three apps in twelve weeks as as you know the thing progressed and as things changed and. Google, Apple came along. Um, but each, you know, each country and each jurisdiction is doing slightly different things, um, uh, but all with the same intent, which is to, to kind of do exposure notifications. And really that, that fundamental uh, 
functionality should just be in the background and you know it, it it shouldn't be something you have to be worried about be concerned about i know some people for example think that if they're not checking in uh, on the irish app that it's not working but that's that's a separate piece of functionality that's really for you so you can actually see your your kind of your history of how you were feeling over over time whereas if you look let's say at the the app in gibraltar which we also did that has nothing like that literally is just doing exposure um, notifications. So you install it, you launch it, and you're done. You you may never install the thing again. But actually, to your to your kind of specific question there, I know uh, both Apple and Google in recent times added little kind of notifications, uh, not an exposure notification, but sort of a little informative notification, more or less to say. We're still working away in the background, you know. Re- you know, rest assured, um, they, they've, they've taken different approaches on it. So, that, and that's the reality of the app. Once it's installed, the service is running. It just just does its thing, um, and it's it's only when you have that situation that you know you may have got a, 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 an exposure notification that you 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 have to or you know you should engage with it. You know, I'm one of those sorts of nerds who I have a little you know reminder set every morning. Check in my, you know, <laughs> check check in on the app, then flick over to the stats, check the stats, because that's, mm. you know, we all love the stats. Um, but you don't have to. You don't have to do any yeah. of that. No, and I suppose the the message really is that no news is good news. If it's not telling you that you've been exposed, then uh, you can just uh, go about your business. It's extraordinary. Um, I, I think I was very enthusiastic about it at the start, about checking in and that as well, as you say. But I've almost forgotten about it now at this stage. Um, there was a lot of we, we've discussed it on the on the show here as well. To, uh, previously, uh, I had uh, Dara O'Brien from Castlebridge on. We were talking just about the time that it was launched. Uh, and it really is. And I, I must say it's, it's a tribute to yourselves and to the HSE as well. Um, no project is perfect, but uh, this in particular, uh, the transparency and the, the data protection, um, I suppose, um, openness that has been built in right from the start, I think is, is particularly good. Uh, there's no data centrally stored uh, or anything like that that could uh, identify anybody. Um, and the source code is public. Hmm. Yeah, that that actually we've been talking a lot and talking to other jurisdictions who are thinking about doing apps and really how the HSC and and the Department of Health and, and everyone involved in that, the government, um, how they went about it in terms of building trust is, you know, that everyone should just look at that and say that's that's the absolute, you know, exemplar for how you should launch an app like this. And it, it's not just the open source piece. It is that transparency, data protection, impact assessment, you know, all of that, everything up on GitHub. Um, so if you're in any way concerned, you can actually inform yourself that, actually you know this is this is something i can trust and i think that word trust is so central uh to all of this particularly with people just you know everyone's on edge everyone's nervous um and i i think they, they did a fantastic job and well you know that that app wasn't just near form and the hse as i said the department of health involved there's a bunch of other companies involved esri the Gardaí, you know, the army doing testing and so on. So just building layer upon layer of trust um, with everyone ahead of time. So you're not fighting a sort of a rear guard battle or anything like that. It, 
it just weren't. And I think that's why, you know, uh, to date, it's still, I believe, the most successful, you know, initial launch of, a, of a, an exposure notification global, exposure notification app globally. Um, the one in Finland's been doing incredibly well as well. As of about two weeks ago, they had two million people that um, uh, signed up for theirs. So, and they took a similar approach in terms of that um, kind of trust-based approach. And arising out of that, Connor, I mean, uh, you you developed uh, the COVID tracker app for the HSE. You have found other health authorities uh, are interested in what you've done and in the experience you've gained from that. Um, It's the app or a version of the app is available in other jurisdictions and for other health authorities as well, isn't it? Yeah, so, um, and a lot of this, again, was the, the HSE realised just not, you know, not just how powerful and valuable it was for, for us in the Republic of Ireland, but how, how it might be elsewhere. So um, they started working with, you know, Northern Ireland, um, we've, we've obviously had Scotland, Gibraltar, um, and, you know, that's in a, in a kind of a European context, Jersey, the Isle of Jersey just announced as well. They're all they're all separate apps, but they're all based on the on the same approach and the same and it's the same kind of core people build building all of these apps and kind of you know taking the learning from each one as you build the next one and refining as you go along. And then, you know, feeding back into the into the earlier ones. And um, then what actually happened after that, you know, the app was open source from the start. Um, and that, that was really, you know, for Irish people to, you know, for, for us to have a sense of confidence in our own state's app that it was it was safe and it was trustworthy. But then when we went to uh, look at the US, um, you had a lot of activity happening over there and the Linux Foundation, who, you know, the kind of the guys behind Linux from an open source perspective, um, they set up this public health group uh, within, within um, the kind of the wider Linux Foundation organization focused on these apps. Um, and the HSE actually donated the source code of the, the app that we had built to the Linux Foundation. And that became a thing called COVID Green. Um, that's one of two uh, two apps total uh, globally that the Linux Foundation basically um, support with with our help, and then U.S. states then go and and start wor- have started working on apps using COVID Green and working with us and so on. Um, so we've had two states go live in the past couple of days, which is phenomenal. We had Delaware went first and Pennsylvania went yesterday, which is just kind of mind blowing. Uh, you know, this hundred and fifty odd person company headquartered in Tremor is building the app for Pennsylvania, and we have several more coming in the next two weeks, which are like even even more mind blowing. Put it like that. Um, and this is all like, you know, if you'd said to somebody in March that the HSE would be, you know, a world leader in open source public health applications, I think everybody would have gone seriously. Um, but it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing to, to see what's happened in that time and the, the, the positive, uh, you know, for all the bad things that are happening in the world right now, what an amazingly positive outcome for everybody here. It's uncharted territory, and it's been interesting just to see the uh, the way open source software development, uh, the way uh, proper um, data protection principles and things like that have been employed right from the start, and and how they have an actual uh, very positive application uh, and effect when it comes to to this particular um, area, Connor. Um, but you mentioned uh, 150 people working for New- Nearform. Who are you guys based in Tremor? <laughs> 
but I suspect uh, working from home, as I can see in your case anyway, and yes, uh, as indeed. indeed I am here as well, I've thrown up a, a virtual background here behind me. But I like it. It's it's um, who are who is who is Nearform, Connor? Nearform is a very interesting company. Um, I have been oh, I've probably been aware of them since 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 they started. Um, it it began, you know, t- tiny little company, usual story, couple of founders um, down in Tremor. Um, and it, it started very focused on a specific piece of technology called Node.js. And Node.js, for anybody who's you know, interested in that kind of thing, it's JavaScript running in the back end, like on a server rather than in your browser. They realized this is a very, very powerful new way of quickly building um, web apps. Um, and they got a lot of traction very, very quickly. And I think that was the, it was just so good at, you know, enabling to, to, to deliver quickly. So I think the first big project would have been the Sunday Business Post's kind of new website, but we're going back quite a while now, sort of 20, 2012, maybe. Um, and from that, the guys kind of leveraged up and, and, and just started building all these web apps for all these large organizations. So uh, did a lot of work for like Seconde Nast, EY, you know, all these kind of generally, not always, but generally big companies around the world who needed, you know, web apps for, for, for want of a better description. But we always had these sort of two threads running in parallel. You had... Um, the professional services business, which is the vast majority of the company, that's what they do day to day, just, you know, knocking out really, really good uh, web apps for people. And then the open source um, activities, and this isn't sort of consuming open source, this is actually building it, um, you know, investing lots of money in creating um, new open source projects, new open source tools. The Node project itself, we were the biggest contributors to it for, you know, for a very long time. And that's also up there with sort of like IBM, and, you know, Microsoft, mm-hmm. <laughs> Neuroform from Tremor, uh, as, I, as I call it, the Silicon Valley of South Waterford. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, the, the kind of unusual bit of all of that was the company was remote from the start. So you have Keen and, the, you know, a couple of the guys in, in Tremor, um, but the vast majority of the company are just scattered all over. So it's not like, you know, people often think, oh, so you're a kind of an offshore outsource, but it's not that at all. It's live wherever you want, you know, do the work. We all come together in remote teams to deliver whatever needs to be delivered um, and then go and, and do the next project. And then when the HSE work came along, it was like it was like everything came together. Remote team, you know, tick, um, um, fa- experts in delivering fast apps, you know, tick again, has done a bunch of stuff in Bluetooth, tick again, you know, experts in open source oh that'll do as well so it was it was you know it, it was just one of those uh, and i jokingly say you know say you know sort of overnight success after yeah. 10 years of, kind of hard, <laughs> hard work it takes of, years to build an, over, an overnight success connor as, as anyone who's been an overnight success uh, <laughs> will testify um it's it's um we're we're into september now connor and uh, as you say nearform uh, and several other companies indeed have been fortunate in that um, they were well placed to to continue to operate and operate very effectively uh, with remote working and things like that. Um, all of our lives were curtailed in the last six
six months. Um, it was all very scary and exciting at the start and people uh, uh, launched all kinds of lockdown projects for themselves and, and things like that. And now I'm not saying that there's fatigue setting in, but we're starting to realise it's beginning to dawn on all of us, I think, uh, that this is not, that there is no end in sight. Uh, and uh, I know you're into to running and athletics, Connor, as well, but uh, it strikes me the perfect analogy is this is a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, we don't even know how many marathons. It could be an ultra marathon or something. Um, what, how, how, are you, how are you coping yourself, you and your family and, and that? And how, how do you see... How do you see us and society and our friends and neighbours adapting and, and coping and, and uh, managing uh, what is definitely looking like being the long haul? Actually, it's, it's, it's a really good question. And I, I was personally, you know, I suppose, lucky in terms of, you know, I was mostly a remote, a remote worker. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I was obviously in Tremor very regularly, but most of the time I was kind of based exactly where I'm sitting here. Um, I've... You know, I had a good setup, you know, similar to yourself. I'm kind of, we call it semi-rural. I'm sort of on the edge of Bandon in West Cork. Um, And, you know, generally speaking, sort of a good, a a good lifestyle. Um, But even, even though I suppose pragmatically uh, COVID and and lockdown and all that didn't have an enormous effect, you know, day to day on, on activities, like everybody else, obviously, it has a huge effect on you kind of emotionally and, and uh, psychologically and so on. Um, but I think for us around here, everybody just seemed to get into a rhythm relatively quickly. And, and, and I know exactly what you're saying about fatigue, but I, I think I took a possibly a pessimistic view that, you know, I, I'm one of those people who said it's never going back to normal. Like it's this is the new normal, and there's massive adjustments going to have to be needed, and and that's not you know long term. It's not. I know so many people think how much longer do we have to wait for for everything to go back to normal, and my. I, I think I resigned myself. I, I don't know if it ever is. So, you know, what do we have to do as, as sort of individuals and families and, and so on to to be able to I don't deal with that? Um, so, you know, as a as someone who enjoys running, who's terrible at it but enjoys it, you know, it's 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 been it's been horrendous uh, not being able to do races, you know, because you like you know, I might come last, but I still enjoy the the the, 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 the thrill of it. So, I mean, a good example of that of you know there was a lot of uh, people doing virtual races, for example, and in fact we're we're doing our annual near form. Uh, so, you know, actually, it's a it's a good kind of a full-on example for the past several years once a year everybody in their form came together in one place um so we could all meet each other it was you know we're a remote company but some people had been working with each other for years and had never met face to face so uh going back nearly four years now um we we started doing this this once a year thing we go to france we go to to um spain everybody come together and part of that was i do a little 5k you know uh, and so on that should have happened this week uh, and obviously didn't um that that meetup but we're still doing the 5k it's just it's, you know it's 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 a virtual 5k and it's a 5k for charity and it doesn't have to be a run you can you can do whatever you want um but actually there's other types of races people have been doing um there was the great virtual run across tennessee that my wife did so you had to do a thousand kilometers across tennessee from the first of may to the 31st of august and what you, you realize is that gives you 
a routine. So it's it actually gives you a target and something to strive for and reach for rather than, um, you know, the never ending. And, you know, you talk about marathons, you know, I've done marathons, I've done ultra marathons. Like the idea at the start of a 50 miler of running 50 miles would just mm. drive you nuts. Because mm. so you don't think of it like that. You think of it, when's the first aid station? Yeah. Ah, five miles. I can do, yeah. I can do five miles. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm, I think that's how we're going to have to, yeah. we're going to have to apply that mindset to this. Uh, yeah. try, um, and, and try and imagine the waypoints. Try and imagine yeah, the waypoints. Yeah. Like there's, you know, let's get to Halloween. Let's get to Christmas, you know, and and let's see what we can do uh, in the meantime. Um, it's it's yeah. it's. I suppose it's it's. Um, we we can just push on. I think is the main thing, Connor. And and it's. Yeah. I, I know we found a similar thing at Black Knight in that uh, um, everyone has been working at home for a very long time, uh, indeed. But uh, we've actually just reopened our office and we had planned refurbishment while we were at it. So uh, I'm going to actually include oh, this uh, at the end of uh, of our video uh, podcast today. A little walkthrough of the bla- brand new, very empty Black Knight <laughs> offices. People are back since that was shot. People are back in the office, uh, and uh, you know people. Are, are, are working we have social distancing we have safety protocols in place and things like that as well uh, but a lot of people are finding that it, it uh, helps to work from home and to continue to do so um, some people on the other hand were delighted to, to get back to the office Connor so it's uh, it's just interesting <laughs> to see what people I think age of your kids is a big factor I think so <laughs> I think, how old are yours yeah. Ah, youngest is 13, so oh. we're fine. Like, you know, <laughs> Listen, Connor, it's been great talking to you. And uh, I, as I said, I want to say congratulations uh, to, uh, to you guys and your success. I think it's a, a reflection of solid engineering uh, principles put to work in, in software development and that as well. And, you know, things like, as I said, the DPIA and all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, very um impressive I think um, approach to the problem by the HSE as well and it's great to see that it's it's uh, going on and helping other countries and other places as well it is catching exposures Connor is it just I, as I said I, I know I'm coming back to this oh, again yeah. I'm just like I, it's my phone says I'm fine I haven't been exposed yeah. uh, I've been limiting my contact it is catching some exposures isn't it Oh, it's 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 doing it. It's in the hundreds. Like yeah. it's in, in in an Irish context, it's yeah. it's actually in the hundreds. And and yeah. um, the 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 point that uh, Colm, who manages all of these the, the, these apps in in your form, makes is each one of those. Like each time this happens, you're you're breaking a transmission chain. And that you know, it, it, forget everything else. I mean, forget the fact that you're going to be saving lives like as as well but then which is critical but those transmission chains it's so impactful um what you can do there and and i thought you know what you said at the start was really important that it is you know it's a tool that's part of the system i, I mean i'm sure you've you saw some of the interviews with the contact tracing people um recently there's been some guards did a fantastic article on irish contact tracers um so like what they do is, uh, you, know, we, you know, we feed in and that app feeds into a much bigger activity that's going on out there. But it, it's, it, it is incredible to think that a little piece of software using a piece of technology for which it wasn't designed and isn't perfect, but... You know, I I, I I repeat myself a lot with this and I'm going to repeat myself again because I do think it's important. Dr. Mike Ryan, WHO, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good. 
if this breaks one transmission chain, if this breaks, mm. saves one life, isn't it? Isn't mm. it? No it? one thing, as I said, there's no silver bullet. Um, wearing no. a mask isn't uh, going to protect you 100%, but in, in conjunction with a lot of other uh, measures that people take, limiting their contacts, using the app, etc. Connor, listen, it's great to talk to you. We've gone on and on, but it's uh, always interesting to talk to you. Uh, I want to wish you and uh, everyone in near form all the best. And from my uh, work remote office in County Clare to yours in West Cork, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks a million, Connor. That's Conor O'Neill. He's uh, Chief Product uh, Officer with Nearform. They are the company that developed uh, the app, the COVID tracker app for the HSE. And it's gone on to have uh, an extended life uh, in open source terms and that as well. That's it. We'll finish up with uh, just this video, uh, which we shot uh, very recently. Uh, It's a time lapse of the construction of Black Knight's new office. Uh, We're hugely proud of it and we just can't help ourselves. Anyone that comes uh, in, we say, do you want the tour? Uh, Anyone that we talk to online, we say, hey, look, look what we did. So we're very pleased about it and we're uh, excited. I'm looking forward at some stage uh, to getting back to the office and seeing my old work friends and colleagues as well. Anyway, good evening, Kedarella. Until next week, uh, Slongafol. Mm-hmm.